There's a right way and there's a wrong way to create a compilation book. This is the right way. Welcome my mere mortalites to another round of the book reviews. My name is Karen and I'm bringing you the books to help you transcend beyond mere mortality. And what book do I have for you today? I have Bringing Home the Dharma by Jack Cornfield with a subtitle of Awakening Right Where You Are. This book was published in 2011 and it's a basic introduction to Buddhism. So it goes over some of the core tenets, it goes over what you can expect from it, and it goes over some of his learnings from approximately 40 years plus of teaching Buddhism. This book is split into five parts. Part one is called Becoming Who We Are, and this is all about how one might use Buddhism in their day-to-day -day life, how you could use it to become a better parent, how you could use it with reference to politics, how one can use it for awakening, meditation, awareness, and the art of forgiving other people as well. Part two is called taking up the spiritual path. So this is more about how you can actually really deep dive into it. He goes over some of his experiences going to Laos, Cambodia, Thailand, these sorts of places in the, I believe it was in the late 60s, early 70s and what you can expect from being an actual monk living in these places, meditating absurd amounts per day. Part three is called Lessons from Modern Masters. So he has had in particular three main masters throughout his life. And this is a selection of quotations of their general philosophy. Part four, Practicing Dharma in the West. And this is how one might use Buddhism in a Western context because it's very difficult to actually bring everything of Buddhism into such a, a new land, a new country where it all might not um, mesh particularly well. So this is talking about drugs and spiritual practice, about the sex lives of the gurus. It's talking about how he himself has founded a couple of places in the West, what his retreats look like compared to those in the traditional areas and traditional countries. And part five is practices. So this is how one might use or implement Vipassana, how one can go about metta or forgiveness meditation. And this wraps up the book as a whole. These parts all contain stories of hope, of change, of emotions, of expectations, of what one might witness in the pursuit or the learning of Buddhism. And this is taken in the form from Zen quotes. It's taken in the form of student clips and their personal anecdotes of his own experiences and just a practical advice taken from the many years. As I alluded to in the start, the construction of this is a compilation. So it's taken from Jack's writings over many, many years in other essays, publications, and even from his own books. For the themes of this book, I'm going to split it up much like I did for Zen Mind, Beginner's Mind. And this will contain the first spiritual or theoretical and then more onto the practical. And so the spiritual is Dharma, and I guess you'd call it the teachings and truth. And I'm going to jump to page eight here for a bit more of a definition. So he says, Dharma is an important and multifaceted word that can mean the teachings and the path of Buddhism. It can also mean the truth, the elements and patterns that make up experience. So to start off with, this is not a simple concept. It contains many different aspects, the teachings and truth of Buddhism. You know, that's, geez, where do we begin with that? So it does contain the general ethics. So this is talking about the eightfold path. So right action, right speech, right understanding, those types of things. It also talks about the liberation for suffering from all beings. I guess that's the 
big grand ethic that's behind it all, but also some of the smaller stuff such as Nirvana and enlightenment, what one is striving for, what actually are those things? All of this is packed into the word Dharma. To understand the teachings and truth of Dharma, there was two main ideas I pulled from this book, one being concentration and the other being awareness. And Jack exemplifies this really nicely with the two types of meditation retreats or teachings that he himself gained while being in these Asian countries and fully dedicating himself to the practice. So one of them, the more concentration side was where he would spend 15 hours, 18 hours a day, solely meditating, sitting down and having these more peak experiences, developing that concentration to really focus on whatever it was he was trying to do, whatever type of meditation. And then the other one was more where he'd only only do three or five hours meditation per day. And then the rest of the day was doing chores, was living the way of the Buddhist lifestyle that this monastic sect had and trying to cultivate awareness while living a semi-normal life. And it seemed that on their own, neither of these is enough. So once you have concentration and awareness, you can use them to combine to form mindfulness. And I guess I would say that this is very similar to introspection. So what is introspection used for? It's actually used for solving problems in a way. So you will use awareness to identify the problem and then you might use concentration to really dig deep on the problem and find out, okay, I have this problem, but maybe what's the root cause behind all of this? He gives some examples of how you can use mindfulness. RAIN, which is an acronym that stands for R, recognition. Oh, there's a problem. I need to do something about this. A, acceptance. No use pretending that I don't have this problem. Let's deal with it. I, investigation, which is diving deeper into it and realizing the root cause or how this is affecting you. And then N, non-identification. So even though you have all of these things, realizing, you know what, there is really no I here for this problem to affect. And so from all the spiritual and theoretical concepts of Dharma, I would say you arrive to a point of spiritual maturity if you're doing it right. And so from this, you would get some things such as non-idealism, patience, immediacy, open-mindedness, flexibility, and ordinariness. These are a couple of his examples. And all of these, he goes into a little bit more detail of what they mean. But in general, I suppose the Dharma is used to make yourself a better person. So it's funnily enough, it's almost like a self-help book and some of the reasons of why you would actually want to implement Buddhism and the Dharma in your life. That's the theoretical and spiritual, but how do you implement all of these things to actually get the spiritual maturity? And this is where you need a practice. And I would call this the practical side of, of Buddhism, which is the meditation. So the tools of many purposes, and I use tool there as a plural because there are so many different ways to meditate. There's forgiveness, there's the body scan, there's the metta, there's the vipassana, there's the more yoga, which includes some actual movements and whatnot. And it can be short, it can be long, it can be all of these different types of ways. So meditation is the implementation or the gaining the actual ability of using your body and your mind in a way to get more of the spiritual maturity. What I found most interesting from this book was that he wasn't advocating the monk lifestyle. And he was actually saying the most important thing is to be able to implement this into your daily life. So even though he did these extreme things of spending years and years on retreat, as soon as he'd come home back to the West, it was almost like all of this clarity, all of this wisdom and knowledge that he'd gained would just dissipate because you need to have that extreme focus, this extreme concentration, awareness, 
to really be living it in the moment. But then as soon as you get back, as soon as you start having bills and problems with your family and those relationships and all of that, it's so hard to to gain that and to keep it. He also talked about something that he witnessed with meditation and with drugs in the implementation of these Eastern philosophies into the West, which he was a big part of in the 70s in North America. And so one of the things he was saying about Buddhism was there's almost three steps. You start with the ethics. So this is leading a virtuous and compassionate life. You then use meditation to quiet the mind, open the heart, and this will get you to the wisdom. So the role of consciousness, this is more the nirvana enlightenment, these peak experiences of like, whoa, there is a different way out of here. And he was saying drugs actually have the opposite effect. So you'll start with the wisdom, and this is something you'll hear on many podcasts of unearned wisdom can actually be quite fatal or dangerous. You'll have these peak experiences using psychedelics, for example, then you'll maybe go, okay, that was nice and all, but what does it actually mean? So you might start doing some meditation and then meditation will give you then the access to understanding the ethics of what is behind all of this and how to live a good life. So I found that quite interesting where the meditation and the drugs, they can almost have different paths and it's like they're in a circle and you can go start with one end and go one way or you can start with the other and go the other way. And it's like, it's not about reaching a point, but it's just moving in this circle in this wholeness onto my observations and some personal takeaways. And what I really liked about this book was that he was quite open about a lot of things. He was open about the religious differences within it. He was open about how even though Buddhism might have this seemingness of enlightenment or nirvana or there's one way to get it there is actually so much conflict and strife within the different regions of the world all propounding and one teacher says this and another teacher says that and so it's it's not uniform it's not easy there is the sex scandals of teachers behaving inappropriately with their students and whatnot and it's just almost like a minefield and what I really like is that he just brings that to the surface at least he doesn't hide it away and say you know Buddhism's all good he's like no there's problems here there's differences and maybe this isn't even for you maybe this is just something that doesn't become compatible with you and your life in the west I was also surprised that the compilation style nature of the construction of the book didn't put me off at all it did flow pretty naturally and it did seem to me that he'd put in the effort to make it a nice readable book as compared to some of the other ones for example from the Dalai Lama which were taken from speeches and just chucked together and it had this just a breaking up of the flow whereas this just went nicely from one point to the next I feel like it had a structure I feel like he'd put the time and effort into thinking okay how is this actually going to come across to someone else so in summary I quite enjoyed it and this is probably my favorite of the purely Buddhism books so far it does have a depth and profundity to it so I wouldn't call it a complete beginners as there are certainly enough terms and uses of language that you might not understand but the concepts themselves are easy enough to grasp and it was written by a Western author for a Western reader, so I felt it directly applied to me. It highlighted the core aspects for me, which was the spiritual and theoretical, so the Dharma related stuff, and then also the practical and how one might implement this into your daily life, more the meditation, while not being super dogmatic or one-sided or overly religious. I would definitely reread this in the future for a revision or a clarification of Buddhism as a whole. And so I'm giving Bringing Home the Dharma by Jack Cornfield a very solid 7.5 out of 10. So Mere Modelites, we've come to the end of another book review. And I really do want to thank you for joining me up until this point. 
If you'd like to hear more, you can hit follow or subscribe on whatever platform it is you're listening on. And if you could go over to Apple and iTunes and leave five stars and a nice review, that really does help me out. To interact or connect with me, you can find me on Instagram at Mere Mortals Podcast. And other than that, I hope you're having a fantastic day wherever you are in the world. Kyron out.